It's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin. And for the first time in Camp Dynasty's history, we are not talking about Bijan Robinson or Jackson Smith and Jigba or Anthony Richardson. We are talking about a brand new class of campers. The 2024 rookie draft cycle is officially open here at Camp Dynasty, Colin. It's honestly insane that we are here and that we made it through a full season a full cycle of the 2023 class and that it's july 3rd so happy independence day for those that observe it uh for those of you that are hearing it and we're talking about 2024 we're moving on from the 2023 class we said our official goodbyes in the finale last week two weeks ago had a nice week off to to grind the tape to get ready for this 2024 class and man it's officially here and there's gonna be some fireworks today maybe because we're talking about the 2024 quarterback class for anybody who is familiar with camp dynasty you know that we are a one quarterback format But in a brand new year, it is always exciting to look at the quarterback class that's coming in and find out what we have. And we already know at least a few of these guys from watching last year. Guys were already popping off the screen, and I have a feeling I know how this conversation might end today. But before we get there, Colin... We are going to do top five. Summer scouting will be all top five, starting with quarterbacks. Give me your number five quarterback in the 2024 rookie class. Just getting right to it. Break the seal. I'm not messing around, man. man. (laughs) Uh, My number five is Joe Milton, Tennessee quarterback. Uh, Played behind Hendon Hooker last year. The famed Hendon Hooker last year. um, Came in in relief when Hooker got injured. And this is is an interesting guy, to say the least. Because, I mean, he's got a cannon, man. This is the, so far from what I've seen, the strongest arm in college football. And that's not everything in a, in a quarterback. That's not everything you need, but he gives you a a lot more than that as well. I mean, he's also the size of a, you know, a big body scrambling quarterback that you like. He's six, five two fifty ish. Uh, so he provides that kind of, you know, the, the body attached to the howitzer cannon matches up it's the full tank man so it shows when he runs the ball when he scrambles when guys get him get after him in the pocket it's all pretty apparent that he is all of that size and he carries all of that very well uh now he doesn't have a ton of touch it seems like he has a fast ball and when the ball is coming out on time on target. That's cool. 
but it's coming out with a lot of heat. And then, I mean, the deep balls are gorgeous. And then you, you question the, the processing, and that's because of this Tennessee offense. Everything is basically just laid out in front of you, and it, it doesn't take a ton. That's That was our whole uh, kind of, you know, why we didn't love Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt last year, because this offense, this Tennessee offense, wasn't very complicated for them to run. Like, it, it was all just smoke and mirrors bells and whistles and getting highly high wide open against zone coverage and you know breaking down all of these defenses that they're playing where it's not really anything special that they're doing they're throwing to a lot of open guys but milton has a lot of untapped kind of raw potential talent and when you you can see that kind of start to to form and you, you see the touch develop that's when you start to see a little bit of a special player because he has all these raw tools yeah this is a very interesting quarterback group simply based on the fact that you have some really really young players we're talking about you know potentially several freshmen uh, from last year that are relevant in this quarterback class already and then you have some players like joe milton who have been the, around the block a little bit uh this will be upcoming season will be joe milton's sixth year uh total uh, he hasn't obviously played six years but he's been around for a while why is this name just coming up now well you outlined it pretty well he's getting the keys to this offense, the offense that we talked about a lot last year and that lit the college football world on fire last year with Hendon Hooker and company. So already it's an exciting player because of what we saw in limited action last year. Last year, 971 yards and 10 touchdowns. That was split between relieving Hendon Hooker in blowouts and playing for Hendon Hooker in a post-ACL tear environment. So in that limited action, pretty good stat line. Not bad. And he's got the arm, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got the arm. I mean, there. this is why this player is going to be one of the most intriguing names in this 2024 rookie class in terms of a quarterback. I I am reminded of a situation last year, albeit a very different situation, but we came in here and put Anthony Richardson at number five and said, we need to see a lot more out of this player for him to earn this ranking, but he might end up a lot higher when the season ends. And I think in a way that's kind of Joe Milton this year. I think depending on what he can do this year, this is his showcase year. Depending on what he can do, he could make himself a lot of money. That being said, I do not have him in my preseason top five simply based on the fact that this is an incredibly raw to passer. I mean, to put it simply, yeah. he has the rocket, but he is all over the place in terms of accuracy and ball placement 
And, uh, you know, he's a guy that's been around the block a few times, like I said. So this isn't necessarily a young player that you can count on to, you know, kind of mature um, like some of these more younger developmental guys. uh, Maybe you can say that about. Um, But like I said, man, all eyes will be on Tennessee this season and to watch the potential development of Joe Milton. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that it's his sixth year. He's going. He's 23 now. He'll be 24 on draft night. So, like you said, he's an older player. He's not as old as some of the uh, like older guys in this 23 class, like Stetson Bennett, Hendon Hooker. That like were like his, 25. Uh, predecessor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that were 25 on draft night, and will be like 29 at the end of their rookie deal. He's not quite there, but it's it's close. And there's another guy on my list that's also old, but a lot more polished. Uh, so what's, uh, what's your number five? Interesting. Interesting little teaser there. (laughs) My number five is Jordan Travis. That's not the player you were just talking about, is it? It's not. Okay. Because Jordan Travis is also a little bit of an older player. He is currently 23. So Next year's draft, he will be just on the cusp of turning 24. And that's kind of, like I said, you know, there's there's these guys and there's the newbies. Jordan Travis, for me, was a player that I just, I'm really excited to watch this Florida State team this year. This is going to be a really fun team. And Jordan Travis showed some ability that I'm not sure – I or many other folks thought that he had. Um, He started his collegiate career at Louisville in 2018, and he's been at Florida State the past four years. But last year was a real breakout for him. And and with that comes a little bit of, you know, what, what do we really have here? You know, can we, is this a real, you know, developmental journey that he's on? Or is he just an older player that's sort of starting to, put up a, put up some stats in college football but I'm just really excited to watch him play because he is such a fun quarterback man like you talk about fantasy potential this is that sort of a guy in this class with the with the immense rushing upside that he has and he only had about 570 yards rushing last season which is not even as much as some of the other names we may talk about today but he is such a twitchy and explosive runner and I think that just immediately jumps off the screen with him he is just an absolute playmaker and the arm talent is intriguing I think there's some decision making issues there that I'd love to see some growth out of him with that this season Um, but the arm itself and and the flashes that he has in terms of you know ball placement to all levels of the field especially deep down the field uh is is pretty good it's pretty good and so yeah I'm just I there were a few names here that I thought about slotting into this five spot but I kept coming back to Jordan Travis yeah for me it was between Travis and Milton for the five spot and I ended up going Milton just because of the the pure arm talent and then I mean I think Travis kind of he moves different than 
almost anybody else in this list. Like when it comes to scrambling, like you said, he's very twitchy. He's explosive in and out of his like breaks basically. And the, the mobility behind the line of scrimmage to eluding pass rushers is, is really nice. Uh, the down the sideline throws that he makes are, are pretty impressive. So I, I do, I am excited to watch FSU this year as well. So, uh, the, the biggest thing is, is he going to be the, the running quarterback of the class? Yeah. And you mentioned that as well, where we don't really have that bona fide where last year we had Richardson to say like, this is our rushing quarterback. This guy is, you know, likely to have or most likely to have 800 to a thousand yards rushing as a rookie walking in because he's just that guy jordan travis has the ability and shows the flashes where he could be in the right kind of offense and we'll see what florida state does with him and how creative they will be because a lot of his rushes come off of him scrambling and his own creativity behind the line of scrimmage. It's not a ton of read options that they, they do mix him in. It's not a ton of designed runs, but I would like to see them do that more with him because you see when he does take off and when he does decide to do it himself, it's really special. And when he, he does get the chance to run those, those read options and such, it is pretty sweet watching them just make a mess of defense alignment at the line of scrimmage yeah and honestly that brings up another point something that i'd like to see him work on this year is he i think he creates a little bit of pressure for himself he's a little jumpy in terms of you know getting outside the pocket and there are instances where that does come back to bite him he he rolls out of a clean pocket he tries to throw on the run and uh, there's a, a throw against Florida in which he nearly throws an interception um, to a player who was wide open. Had he just stayed in the pocket, made his read, and made the throw, he would have had him. But instead, it's a near pick because he's creating pressure for himself. So I think some of those types of things with a guy like this, um, it, that's something that you need to see him work on this year to feel really good about him in terms of an NFL projection. Um, but yeah, the, the tools are definitely there for him. Yeah. And he's, the thing is he's like nice from inside the pocket. Like it's not like yeah. he struggles from inside the pocket. Nope. He just gets happy feet and he wants to extend the play and get that big chunk rather than hanging out and taking, you know, the little bits and pieces as they come. So. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. That that's a little bit of weight off the shoulders, man. Twenty twenty four. We're we're getting it rolling. Right. First names down on both sides of the board. Uh give me your number four quarterback in this class. My number four quarterback is Michael Penix out of Washington. So Penix was one of the most productive quarterbacks in terms of just pure statistics last year. He had 4,600 yards, 65% completions, 31 touchdowns, only eight picks. Um, And he, I mean, is a really 
nice quarterback. The the timing is great. The accuracy is great. The touch is great. I mean, it, it's everything you would ask for in just a a pure quarterback sense. Uh, outside of the straight up quarterbacking, there are some things that I I don't love. It's like. I want to see more improv out of my guy. I want my quarterback to be a playmaker. You know, I want there to be a secondary play with my guys. And it doesn't seem like there's a ton of that with Penix. I'm not saying it's non-existent because that, that wouldn't be true. But it feels like everybody above him on my list has that sort of secondary playability where the primary stuff kind of starts to go awry and then they can make something happen whether it's through their feet with an arm angle with you know looking somebody off and and doing something crazy you know it it just feels like that doesn't happen a ton with Penix but I love everything he does as a passer he's one of the best pure passers in the class yep you said it perfectly as a pure passer this guy is nearly on the level of anybody in this class. I mean, you talk about straight highlight reel. Michael Penix has throws on his 2022 highlight reel that can stand up against names that are above him in this class. No doubt about it. As a playmaker, you, you don't quite get that, and, and you said that well, but he is my number three quarterback in this class just simply because of his arm talent and the types of throws that he put on film last year, because I think you're talking about a player here that can work the short and deep areas of the field extremely well. The intermediate is not bad. It's not quite as developed as those other areas, specifically the deep areas of the field where he had 26 uh, big time throws that the big number from PFF there, uh, 26 big time throws, 20 or more yards down the field for Michael Penix. That number drops to one in the intermediate area of the field. He doesn't work it all that much. And when he does, he tends to get himself into some trouble Decision-making can be a little bit spotty with him. You see him throwing into covered areas uh, more often than you'd like to. But again, the arm talent is so good that I think he tries to fit it into areas that does get him into trouble occasionally. The last thing I want to say about Penix, though, is you mentioned touch. I think he has good touch. But I don't know if that's the same thing as finesse, and I don't think he has great finesse. I'd like to see him kind of vary his speeds a little bit more. He he has a fastball, and he uses it all the time. And I'd like to see him work in a changeup when it would be beneficial to do so because um, there are quarterbacks on this list that can change – pretty much everything about their delivery to fit the situations. Uh, and, and Penix really doesn't put that on film at all. So 
Um, but yeah, man, I, I was really excited about Penix. I, I wasn't sure what to expect going in. You, you know, I remember, you know, the stats that he had last year were off the charts, but what does it look like on film? And I was very pleasantly, uh, surprised with how good it did look. Yeah. And this is the guy I was talking about when I was talking about an older prospect. Yeah. He's 23 now. Uh, he'll be 24 going into his rookie season. He won't be 24 on draft night, but it'll be the month after. Um, so another older guy, but you can tell with Penix that he, he has the the years under his belt. You can tell he has the experience under his belt. Uh, so it's not exactly the same as Joe Milton where he's coming in and it's his first year and he's a little raw and you know the arm talent is there, but... We'll see about everything else. Penix has put it all on tape. You can you can see exactly what he is and who he is as a player, and he's in the Heisman conversation. And we'll be talking about him a lot this year. That's another fun team this year. Washington. Yep. They got they got some players. I think we'll be uh, talking about through the through the rest of the summer scouting. At least one I can think of. Oh yeah. Um. All right. My number four quarterback is Quinn Ewers. So we talk about the kids versus the old guys in this class. And Quinn, Ewer, Quinn Ewers is certainly one of the kids. This was a former number one overall recruit in all of college football, a very buzzy name. Most college football, I mean, all college football fans are probably familiar with this name. And last year, at Texas was honestly not good. It, I didn't, I was very unimpressed by the Quinn Ewers tape from last year. And I, I went back and forth a lot on where I wanted to slot him into this class. And I ended up at four simply based on the fact that this is summer and we have an entire year of, of film yet to happen here before the 2024 NFL draft. And I have to believe that the flashes that you see with Ewers that made him that, that you could tell this was a premier recruit into college football. If those flashes can become the norm this year, then this will be a player that is at worst, the fourth quarterback in this class. But, man, it was not at all what I was expecting. The accuracy was all over the place this year. I mean, it just it didn't look like he was comfortable. It did not look like he was ready for, uh, for this season uh, to, to come in and, and be the savior for Texas football like people thought he could be. Maybe that comes this year, though, but... Man, it, I, I'm curious to, to hear what you thought about his freshman tape. Yeah, so I have him as my number three. And I I was encouraged by parts of his game. I was let down by other parts, like you mentioned. It was, it was a very up-and-down season. And the thing is, he started off kind of meh. The Alabama game was going well. He gets hurt, and he comes back, and it is spotty from, like, week six to week 
nine, ten, you know, and he is, you can feel he starts to kind of get back a little bit, but all season, like you said, the, the accuracy was a little bit spotty. I think there's a ton of talent here. And the biggest thing that I love out of Ewer's game is his throws on outside breaking routes. I think that's one of the toughest throws you can make as just a quarterback in college football, especially with the wide hash marks throwing it opposite field to like a 10-yard out route is just uh, like you're throwing it like 60 yards on a 10-yard out route because you're throwing all the way across the field. And Ewers seems like he gets that ball over the flat defender and gets it on that outside shoulder leading his receiver to the sideline really often. And that that is something that's like, okay, that's a high-level throw. That is something that some NFL quarterbacks can't master. A, a guy that made a living off of that was Matt Ryan. I, I, he's a player that feasted on outside breaking routes through one of the prettiest outbreaking route balls in the game and I mean this is it's reminiscent where you're layering that ball over the top and then the the over the middle stuff is the the spotty stuff which is usually the opposite you know you usually see the guys can pepper up the middle of the field because those are the quote-unquote easy throws to make and then struggle to get the ball to the outside and so that's where you need to clean up I think it's easier to clean that up uh, it'll be a little harder without the best running back in the country taking away a lot of eyes because 41% of their plays were passing plays that Ewers had were play action last year. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be less than that this year because, like I said, Bijan's not there. But I'm interested to see how he develops his game because he can make the big boy throws. You just got to see him make the routine look routine. The arm talent is apparent, and it is effortless. This is one of the smoothest deliveries. I mean, it might be the smoothest delivery in the class. I mean, the way that he flicks the ball and layers it into the defense with occasional precision. Right. That's the that's exactly the, exactly. That's the word. It's so frustrating. That's the word. Occasional. When you see it, when you see what it when it can look like, it makes you very excited. Yeah, it for perks what this your ears up a little bit. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, here we go, do it again, and then he doesn't. <laughs> and it's an interesting point. I I like the point you made about the uh, the outside the hashes throws. Talk about throws that are ten plus yards down the field. Ewers was eighteen for thirty two when throwing outside the hashes to the intermediate range. And he was 19 for 42 over the middle. So he is, he's better to, to the outsides. Like you, like you said there over the middle, like it's a little bit more dicey. Uh, he only has a, a, a 70 passer rating to the intermediate inter, intermediate middle of the field. So that's definitely an area that we'll need to see some growth out of him this year just because those inter intermediate throws are such of the bread and butter of what you need to have as an NFL quarterback. I mean, I know we like to look at the deep balls because they look really nice and, and you got to have it. But those throws, like you said, to the outside, to the sideline, 
that's where that's where you make your money right there and um, the other thing I like about Eeyore's is there's a little bit of that pocket mobility there already with him I think there are moments where he does take some questionable sacks but he also does show that he has the athleticism to escape pressure and to roll out and make plays with his feet. He's obviously not a scrambler, but he has that ability where he's not just this statue player. He has a little bit more of that than uh, Michael Penix, for example. So um, you like that as well, and obviously this is an extremely young player. The fact that we are even talking about him as an NFL draft prospect this year just tells you how much natural talent this player has uh, and given his pedigree in uh, as as the number one recruit and all of that there is so much pressure on this on this player on on Ewers to succeed and so I think we're going to see a big jump from him this year and that's why I put him at four for now I could see him easily climbing this list later yeah like you mentioned he's an athletic player and you can see that with how effortless the throws are i mean the way that he just moves his body and creates power in the throws is obviously athletic and he has a few designed runs and scrambles every once in a while where he can make plays happen he has some rushing touchdowns in there and i'm glad to see that the numbers agree with me on the outside uh deep throws that's nice Nice work. Let's see. That's what we confirm the tape with the numbers, and you're right. golden, man. Right. There it is. Feeling good. If you'd have been like, yeah, no, actually, he was 88 <laughs> percent over the middle, and he threw eight interceptions and two touchdowns to the outside. You're an idiot. That would that would hurt a little bit. Are we ready to talk about the top two in this class? I mean, that's what we're here for, baby. That's what that's what I'm here for. Damn right. I got to tell you, like, if you're, if, if, it's summer, but if you're putting this into tiers, I think Penix and Ewers are kind of in this second tier for me. Maybe it's a third tier. But I'll get your opinion on that in a second. But Drake May is my number two quarterback in this class. And I think it's a significant jump up from number three for me which is unbelievably impressive because this was a redshirt freshman last year. And I think the fact that I'm sitting here and talking about Quinn Ewers, who's in the same recruiting class, many, many spots ahead of Drake May on the recruiting board. And I'm saying Ewers needs a lot of work. And I'm going to say Drake May if he can just build on his freshman season even a little bit, bona fide number two pick in the draft. That's how confident I am in this player's ability because it is really special. Yeah, it, I you mentioned that it might be he might be in a tier on his own, <laughs> yeah. which I think I agree with. Uh, <laughs> so, yours is going to be 21 in March. So he won't even be 21 this season, which is really crazy. Uh, Drake may will be 21 in August. So he'll be starting the season as a 21 year old, but 
man, <laughs> Drake May is so good. He has the size. He has the arm talent. He has the athleticism. I mean, this is everything you kind of want in a quarterback. Like, if our number one guy wasn't in this class, I think Drake may be looked at through a different kind of lens. And some people have May as their number one guy just because of the fact that he's kind of the quote-unquote prototype. I've heard that before. Uh, I don't subscribe to that that thought experiment. That is not Camp Dynasty endorsed. No, absolutely not. So Drake May is the tier two quarterback, uh, but... You know, in a different universe, he would be a a number one guy. But whoever has that number two pick will be feeling great about getting Drake May. I'd like to hear. Let, let's let's get into it. Let's get into the the nitty gritty here. Drake May, are you ready for this? Let's go. Oh, first of all, let's let's rewind a little bit. Let's reminisce. Let's bring back a twenty twenty three camper already this year. How about Josh Downs? You remember when we went into last season saying, man, I wonder what Josh Downs is going to do without Sam Howell throwing him the ball. Oh, good Lord. And then this kid, Drake May, lit the world on fire in week one, and everybody said, wait, who the hell is this guy? Mm -hmm. Well, one season later, Drake May, this big-time throws metric, 45 big-time throws from Drake May last season, led college football by 10, 10 more than the second player. And that is just to say that his tape is already full of NFL throws. It really is. I mean, I don't exactly know how PFF calculates this number, but I can tell you from watching his film that there are already plenty of NFL throws on it. And I'm sure those are many of the same throws that went into this huge 45 number. And one, one area of the field, like I was just talking about with Ewers that stood out to me was the intermediate area because he's already making those NFL level throws between 10 and 19 yards to the sideline with great placement. I mean, for a player of his age and his experience level to look like he did last year is almost like it's so rare for for that for that to happen especially a player that wasn't necessarily like a generational recruit or anything i mean this was the consensus number 9 quarterback in the class number 54th overall recruit in that class goes to North Carolina, starts as a redshirt freshman, and does this? I mean, it's it was a really, really special season. And I I mean, I really hope we we get more from him this year. Because if we do, then it is like you got the guy at at number one and we're gonna talk about him shortly, but we cannot overlook the the talent level of this player. And I will be very interested to find out when it's all said and done where he slots in, where Drake may slots in versus some of the quarterbacks that have come out in the previous several years, because first impressions are that it might be very high. Yeah. Uh, 
Absolutely. And I I just went on to, to PFF and tried to figure out what a big-time throw is. That was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here, it's like, big-time throw is value plus difficulty. Uh, Peel team. back the curtain on their stuff and you Good find out Lord. it's just guys putting in numbers into a spreadsheet yeah it's guys just like looking at plays and being like oh that was good yeah That's sure 92 That's, that was pretty big time man yeah that was oh big time but i mean drake may can throw the ball everywhere on the field with accuracy and touch i mean he has an effortless style to his game all of it seems very easy like there, there's never a throw where it's like, oh man, that that one, he barely got that one off, and that can be him getting absolutely drilled by a D lineman right after the throw. The it's usually dropping right on target, regardless. The poise is insane out of me. Like I, I love the fact that he'll just hang and hang and hang and look down the barrel and still make the throw. I mean, there's a few times on the the tape that you just see him sitting there and he'll wait till the very last second to release the ball. And whether that's a blitzer, a free rusher, or just somebody getting off a block, it's he's finding the crease in the defense with a a, a defense player just barreling down on him and i i love that because that that is i mean i mentioned with viewers that in the nfl you need to make those throws to the outside drake may can do that but you also need to make throws while you have a guy in your face because i mean defense coordinators are coming after you man and your old linemen are going to miss blocks you're playing against the best pass rushers in the world. You're playing against the most athletic players in the world. You're going to need to look them in the eye and say, hey, you're secondary to my objective right now. I need to make this play. I need to get this ball down the field. And May seems to do that time and time again. And his his time to throw is consistently right under three seconds, which is perfect. I mean, he has that internal clock. He knows when he needs to get out of there, when he needs to hit the eject button and then start scrambling. I mean, that's always his last option. But when he does scramble, it's also very nice. Like, he has that ability under the belt too. So he's a very complete player. It's so impressive to see it out of somebody this young because you give a guy like Ewers a pass on a lot of things because, like, oh, well, he's young. You know, he's a little raw. He's going to make these mistakes. May doesn't make those mistakes. Like, there is so much maturity and poise in his game. And, I mean, we'll we'll see how he builds on that going into next year. And I I cannot wait, man. Yeah, very ex- – I mean, 899 yards rushing. I talk about Jordan Travis being this, like, electric athlete, and he had, like, 570 yards rushing – Drake may just has this natural ability to find open space and he has enough athleticism to get chunk yardage when, when he takes that option. So, I mean, you talk about a player with his level of pocket presence and ability to operate from within the pocket, but then add in this playmaking ability as well at his size. I mean, it's not, this isn't Josh Allen running around, but man, this guy can move 
And I think that's something where you talk about a player from last year like C.J. Stroud, something that held him back in the eyes of so many was this perceived lack of ability to move. And I think you see with May, you see a very mechanically sound player, very accurate player with with almost flawless mechanics that can also move. And we know how we talked about Stroud last year. So it's just it's interesting to project what this conversation could look like after another season of of tape from Drake May. So I was just looking, I was just doing a little comparison because I was interested to see how he stacks up when it in terms of just pure size to Justin Herbert because the vibes are similar. And I didn't realize that Justin Herbert was 6'6", 240. (laughs) (laughs) And Drake Drake May is 6'4", 220. And I was like, like, he looks like big. He holds himself well. You know, he stands (laughs) up tall in the pocket. It's kind of Herbert-ish when it looks like him just in the pocket. The play style is different. I'm I'm not comparing him to Justin Herbert. Oh, first comp of the God, year. Damn it. <laughs> there it is. They got me. No, I was just a, just the size. And then I was like, well, how, how big is Justin <laughs> Herbert? See if I can make this comp. And it's like, no, Justin he, Herbert is huge. That is massive. Yeah. So, but yeah, this, oh man, Drake may, this is going to be a fun, fun, fun class quarterbacks. Hell yeah, man. Uh, and a big reason why it's going to be really fun. Should we talk about him? I mean, without further ado, man. Well, I, I'm just going to I'm gonna do something right now just to get it out of the way. And and since you just said Justin Herbert is – or Drake May is oh, Justin here we Herbert, go. Yep. I feel a lot better about this. Yeah, that is what I said. <laughs> okay. I want to start this conversation by just saying I think you're going to hear – Oh, yeah. and you already You already have, but you're going to hear more – that there's similarities between Caleb Williams and Patrick Mahomes. Nobody is Patrick Mahomes. That's a one-of-one player. But I was blown away by how much Caleb Williams plays in the same fashion as Patrick Mahomes and gets away with it because a lot of times guys will try to do that kind of stuff, but they just, that, that it doesn't always work for them because they just don't have that level of talent. There's a guy that I'm thinking of. It's Spencer Rattler. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. He, he tries to do the Mahomes things and he has the arm talent but he can't get away with it. Exactly. And so I'm not, I, I, I need to flush that out of my system before I come on here and start being like, is this Patrick Mahomes again? You know, it's not, but I think it goes a long way just to, just to say that there are flashes of Mahomes in Kayla Williams film for, for all of the good and the bad. The things that scared me about Mahomes at Texas Tech are also there in some instances with Caleb Williams. And the things that I said, this is unbelievable, but is he going to be able to do that in the NFL? Those things are there too. 
And so we've seen how the game has changed and how Mahomes has become a one-of-one player. And I just think it's it makes me feel really confident about projecting Caleb Williams to be the best quarterback prospect in my eyes since the 2020 class. Man, I, it, you're going to see a lot of teams – being real shitty this year yeah because <laughs> <laughs> this guy is on the board and i i think that there's going to be some some kind of uh, tanking investigation by roger goodell <laughs> by the the end of the season that's my bold prediction that that roger is going to be like all right guys we got to try when we play you can't just bench all your starters <laughs> like we we, we got to you can't lose intentionally. That's bad. For Arizona might not even have to try because they have the two picks. I mean, <laughs> yeah, come on, man. It's true. Kyler's yeah. done. He's he's cooked, man. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> uh, so Caleb Williams. I was just going through making my like pros and cons list. You know, I made the pluses for the pros, the minuses for the cons, and I mean, Caleb Williams takes up half the page. <laughs> It's just all the pluses and it's like, like you said, he's not Mahomes. Mahomes is the best quarterback in football since maybe ever. Right. I I was going to say since when it comes to talent, since like young Rogers and Caleb Williams, he has all of the, the, the vibes and the tools where he has the, the arm talent. He has the arm strength, which is different from arm talent. He has the off-platform throws. He has the poise. He has elusiveness in the pocket. His eyes are always downfield. The the improv, the creativity, the arm angles, and then he when he scrambles, it's with a purpose. And, I mean, all of this culminates into this unbelievable quarterback prospect that is going to be, I mean, must watch television for anybody that likes football. And man, I, I, I don't even know if I can put into words like the, how, how excited I am to see the development of Caleb Williams because he was so good last year, wins the Heisman last year. I mean, I think he has this chip on his shoulder from, you know, losing to Utah and missing out on the playoff and all that. I, I think there is a, a bit of a, you know, he, he did the, the fingernail paint and really got shit on it for it, for losing that game after you do that, you know. He put, what, fuck Utah on his fingernails, and then you go and lose that game, and then, you know, the media kind of turns on you a little bit, and I think you you might see a little bit of a, I don't know if you could really call it a revenge tour after you, you win the Heisman, you have such an incredible season that he had last year, but... I think that he, if he's one of the guys that can manufacture a chip on his shoulder, I think there's enough bulletin board material for him to, you know, come out and, you know, prove people wrong, you know, air quotes. Well, and I mean, quite frankly, like we, 
what what's left for you at this point? You know, he wins the Heisman, right? And and we widely expect that he's going to be the number one overall pick in the in the spring. I would be absolutely shocked if he wasn't already in in, in summer. I'm I'm saying that that this player will be the number one pick next year. Yeah, put your money on it. Yeah, I. It's like yeah, Bijan was the one one in in dynasty, and he's you know th- that's how confident I am in Caleb Williams being the one one in the NFL draft. What's left for him? The college football playoff, and we as fans of the game deserve to see Caleb Williams and USC in the playoff this year. So, I I hope you're right. I hope he does manufacture this chip on his shoulder and potentially somehow even find a different gear than what we saw last year because if he does I think you're going to you're going to hear things that sound obnoxious and insane but in reality From I mean me. this player <laughs> <laughs> yes but this, I mean, this player, like, it, it is jaw-dropping to watch him. And I think we we had an idea of it from watching, obviously, him play last season. You have a sense of what's coming with this kind of player. But when you really sit down and watch, I mean, the arm talent is just, it's jaw-dropping. It really is. And, I mean, like, you want to talk about arm strength, this guy's got it. And, and the reason I even invoke the name Patrick Mahomes, like I, I already had like six people turn this podcast off when I did that. <laughs> the reason I did that is because you see the arm strength come out in like these off platform or back footed throws where it's like he's in the face of pressure, but he has so much confidence in himself and in his arm. And a lot of times, like eight out of 10 times, you see guys that have this confidence in their arm and they're throwing off their back foot and it gets them into trouble more often than not. And you sit there and say, stop throwing off your back foot, you know, stand tall, step up through the pressure. Caleb Williams is the rare breed that when he is backpedaling or he's off platform, he loses almost nothing with his arm. I mean, it is like remarkable how accurate he can he can be and how strong his arm is when he's moving backwards. And that's the kind of stuff that when you see it with these rare NFL quarterbacks, you sit and say, you know, that's that's a top five quarterback in the NFL. And I think you see that sort of arm talent already with Caleb Williams. It's very easy to imagine him becoming one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL with his arm talent. And, you know, he's not the biggest guy, and that's going to be something that I'm sure comes up, even though he's not small. He's 6'1", 215, but he's not, you know, Justin Herbert, and he's not Josh Allen. He's not these prototypes that we've seen become, you know, the next generation of great quarterbacks. But he doesn't need to be. Because when you have an arm like that and you're not, you know, we don't have to sit here and talk about like, oh, he's 5'10". Like, oh, my God. Like, he's 6'1". It's fine. And I don't think it's going to – it shouldn't be a talking point at all. But I'm just, you know, I'm preparing for it because I know we have to invent narratives with these sorts of prospects. 
But yeah, uh, it was very difficult to find holes in his game. Really, the only thing is like the confidence that he has, like it's going to get him into trouble at some points. But I came away saying, I don't care. Get into trouble, man, because you're making plays way more often than you're making mistakes. Yes, I I agree with that. And when you talk about him like backpedaling and throwing off his back foot, it is something that, I mean, you shouldn't be doing as a quarterback because he'll take that sack every once in a while. And it's just like a really like devastating 26 yard loss yeah. because he wants to do the, his thing outside of that. The only like real criticism I have of his game is throwing to the left side of the field. He, so when it comes to just pure completion percentage beyond the line of scrimmage, he's throwing 71% over the middle of the field. He's throwing 62% to the right side of the field. It's only 49% to the left side of the field. He also only completed 39 passes to the left side of the field versus 122 to the middle, 71 to the right. So it's it's a place that he's not targeting as often. It's a place that he's not completing passes as often. So that's something to look for. Uh, the thing is, last year, his number one receiver, Jordan Addison, generally lined up on the right side of the field. His reads oftentimes are going right to left when you look at it. So when it comes to like first read, a lot of the times it's going to the right and then to the middle or to the middle to the right. It's it's not like it's not something that's horrible. It's not like, oh no, we can't throw the left side of the field. It's just something that stood out to me when I when I was looking at the player and I was looking at the stats and I was looking at how he, you know, operates. When he rolls out, he rolls out right. That contributes to it as well. I mean, it makes sense. The strong hand, It's he is incredible when he rolls out to the right. He can throw to the left when he rolls out left. Like I said, the off-platform stuff is great. But that's the, the one concern that popped up for me that feels like a legitimate concern that you don't have to invent that he's, you know, a, a little guy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no that's a that's a great catch actually i mean that's it's it's it is very interesting to see the splits on these numbers i mean you talk about just simply deep passes 20 plus yards down the field i mean he has a passer rating of 123.6 to the right side and 63.7 to the left side yeah so that's a pretty big discrepancy so like you said, Jordan Addison was lining up almost exclusively on the right side last year, and I'll be Does, interested to see if hurt. that. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like we'll see how much uh, the splits happen again this year to see if that's a tendency, maybe something that can be exploited from his game, which would right. be, I mean, that's a that's what a coordinator needs against a guy like Caleb Williams because you cannot really game plan against him <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, go go cover six against them. Levy everybody yeah. <laughs> on the right side of that field. Go with the, yeah. you know, the the cover four look on the right side with two safeties and just throw one safety over the left side and see if you'll do it. Just like, yeah, see if you'll right. test that side of the field. <laughs> and what's funny too is like one of the best throws on his tape is when he's rolling left and he just, I mean, throws across his body to the sideline. I think I think it was one of the Utah games, maybe. 
I'd have to go back and check, but it, I mean, it was like a jaw dropper. Like, mm-hmm. how did you even get that ball there? Much yeah. less put it on the player's hands. Like, so, but yeah, man, I mean, th- this is such a special player. It really is. He's got the, you know, a little bit of rushing upside as well. 624 yards last year. He's very elusive in the open field. Not very fast, but elusive. Yeah. And um, so he he has that box even checked as well. So this is a very fun player. And he is heading a very interesting, I'll say that, group of quarterbacks. I think... I came away. There's a lot of names here this year. I think yeah. unlike last year, it was kind of cut and dry in terms of, you know, the same four to five names that you're really interested in. I think there was about eight or nine players that I was like seriously interested in watching before the season even starts. And then that left room for a few guys that could even make some noise during the season as well. So you're talking about a potential class here that's, you know, 10 names deep and obviously that's going to change once we, once we get into the 2023, you know, season and and watch how it kind of shakes out, but I do think there is potential that this is sort of a deeper quarterback class. Uh were there any names outside of your top 5 that besides Jordan Travis that caught your attention? Yeah, so I think the big wild card this season that we'll both have on the honorable mentions and we'll both be tuning in is Shador Sanders out of Colorado. Obviously, they're at he's at Jackson State last year, came over with Dion to Colorado, and so we'll see how that looks. I mean, obviously, the competition level last year was subpar to say the least. Um, and he has some tendencies that I don't love. It seems like it, he ad-libs a lot. Like, there's there's not a ton of timing in that offense. It was a lot of, like, I'm going to get to my spot. I'm going to do my thing. I, I feel like he plays, like, an isolation basketball player. Here's our basketball <laughs> reference. We, we made it now. There it is. We got yeah. it. Where he he'll, you know, do his thing until he gets to his spot and where he wants to throw the ball, you know? So I, I didn't love that. And I don't know if it'll work against the higher level of competition. Uh, and then another guy that's been around a while is KJ Jefferson. That is, I don't know. I don't love him. I didn't love him. I, I remember watching Traylon Burks and what and being like, ah, I don't know if I really like KJ Jefferson. I don't know if he's that good. And he improved last year uh, versus that, and he has that rushing upside. Um, but those are two guys that I'll be keeping my eye on a little bit. Yeah, Shadur Sanders is obviously like like you said, he's the wild card for sure. I mean, Colorado football is an enigma already. Uh, very curious to see how that shakes out this season. Um, one name for me was, man, I I don't like that I have to bring this up, but I, I'd feel a little bit negligent if we didn't talk about Bo Nix. Are you I'm out good. on I'm, Bo Nix? I'm good. You're good? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing, because 
I we talked about Bo Nix last year a little bit, mostly just to trash talk him. And it's just so interesting to me when these sorts of players just get a little bit better every single year. We're we're now at a point where it's like it's gonna be his fifth year, I believe. And he's just gotten a little bit cleaner, I think, every season. And when you watch last year, it's a lot of game managering. It was not very, you know, in the Oregon offense, he wasn't really asked to do a whole lot that you could say like, oh, wow, you know, that was big time or like that was an NFL throw. It's a lot of short stuff, quick reads, you know, nothing crazy, but I think he operated well within that scheme to a point where you could see him kind of being like the game manager quarterback of this class. Now, in terms of fantasy, yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm good. I don't think I'm really interested, but it's a player with a little bit of, you know, that rushing up. So like it's almost like a thick version of Sam Howell a little bit to me. Like a guy that's just like shorter and he's running around out there and like what is that? What does he do, you know? But I, I had to I have to say something about him because if he takes another step forward this year, it's like, well, then maybe we gotta talk about him as a day two quarterback. But um I, I'll, I'll I'll mention one more guy real quick. Okay, go I'm ahead. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to interject because I forgot to to mention him, and this is a another complete wild card. But he goes to Alabama, so not he's going to have eyes yep. on, and that's Jalen Milrow, who backed up Bryce Young last year and got some tick and made some plays in relief for Bryce Young, and he's like he's six two two twelve. But when you talk about players with rushing upside in this class you're always looking for that that guy that's gonna be the the cheat code quarterback you know the the Justin Fields the Jalen Hurts the Josh Allen the Lamar you know any any of those types of players where you're just gonna have that pure you know floor of 10 to 12 points a game just off of rushing and Milrow I think is one of the more talented runners at the quarterback position while the passing is not great right now. So that's someone to keep an eye on, uh, and he's fairly young. Uh, so, yeah, 20 years old. He'll be 21 midseason or right around the college football playoffs. So that's uh, just someone I'm going to be keeping my eye on as well. The only other one for me, and this this one is actually, like Bo Nix is like another one of these guys, like been around the block, and we've heard this name. This one is another one of the young guys. J.J. McCarthy. Mm. Did you watch any J.J. McCarthy? Uh, I watched him last year. I haven't refreshed myself on him. Right. So, uh, yeah. Obviously, I mean, you're watching the college football playoff. There are some moments there with McCarthy that kind of make your eyes light up, and you you want to say like you know what is this player like? I'm I'm going in, I'm thinking you know this this recruiting class here with May and Ewers and all of these guys. What does McCarthy look like? I wasn't I wasn't very impressed with him to be quite honest. And I think there I just saw a, like a tweet or something that's like oh watch out for JJ McCarthy this year. NFL scouts are raving about his arm talent. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if they are, 
they they might be in set in six months but he, he just seemed like a player that was very out of his depth like it was like watching Quinn Ewers, but like worse because it just looked like when he was, I when he can, didn't t- have I his can first co-sign read. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he just like, whenever his first read wasn't there, it just looked like he became very flustered. It was very hard for him to get through his progressions without, you know, kind of tap dancing a little bit. And you know, he'd make mistakes then when he had to improvise a little bit. I think you saw some really nice throws later in the year, which was encouraging because maybe there is some development here. Obviously, this is a very young player as well. So a name to definitely keep your eye on this year, and Michigan is going to be a you know powerhouse again this year. So we'll be watching a lot of Michigan games this year. So J.J. McCarthy wanted to get his name into the program. Yep. I, I remember seeing him – dice up Ohio state last year. Apologies for anybody that has had a bad experience last year that may or may not be an Ohio state fan that I know is listening. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry for bringing that up, but dice up Ohio state last year. And I mean, that wasn't like a fluke performance. So we'll see if he can, you know, build on a, a nice stretch at the end of last season and turn it into a little bit of consistency and maybe a few more of those like big time throws where he's like fitting it into windows and doing something a little more interesting with the ball. That is summer scouting quarterbacks 2024. Camp oh. Dynasty is back in we session, are baby. Back. <laughs> oh. Man, I mean, it's it's insane to me that like this is just you know here we go we're we're on another path. We just finished up. We did our rookie draft this last yep. week, so yep. we got some of the boys home. I got Jordan Addison. Long journey from Long summer journey. scouting last year for me. You know, drafting <laughs> Addison in a rookie draft. So, yeah, I mean, crazy, crazy times. I I wanted to I don't know I'm springing this on you I want to reflect on our quarterbacks last year that we had in this top five okay um and I had I I don't remember the ranking um but I I know I had Stroud one I had Spencer Rattler in there I had Bryce Young Will Levis Richardson. So I feel I feel okay about that, you know? We didn't really have five quarterbacks anyway last year. So I feel I feel justified. I mean, Rattler is like you know the picture of the guys in the army outfits, they're like sitting behind the wall and there's the one clown, you know, yeah. <laughs> the the four military guys and the one clown. Rattler is that guy in that group, yeah. but I feel I feel okay about that. If I can go four for five with good players, I mean Will Levis maybe not a good player, but you know second round pick in the NFL. If I can go, if I can have that kind of hit rate again this year, I'll feel pretty good about that. Yeah, the only one I had that wasn't that didn't turn out to be something was Tyler Van Dyke. Oh yeah, who's in this class, but. Didn't make my list this year. Didn't right. even make my honorable mentions this year. So that might tell you something. But, yeah, I mean, it it is kind of crazy, man. Like, we're going to be looking back on this class in 
next year at this yep. time and we're going to be like man caleb williams that's that's patrick mahomes 2.0 i was right <laughs> i was right from the start no so 2024 quarterbacks down but we have several other position groups to get to and i think i and you and anybody else listening to this podcast is probably very excited for at least the next two weeks of episodes starting with running backs next week 2024 edition baby summer scouting we're diving into a brand new class of running backs and i'm freaking pumped this is the do or die position in fantasy i mean wide receiver runs deep we need new blood at running back man and this class they're a lot of names there are a lot of names all right and i there's no Bijan. there's no gibbs i'll say that i don't think there's any any players in this class that are as good as either of those guys uh but there are a lot of guys in similar tiers i think our lists are going to be very different next week i'll say that i think so too and i'm excited for that me too so until that point follow us at camp underscore dynasty on twitter and camp dot dynasty on tiktok subscribe to our youtube channel video feeds of the pods go up there every week and like subscribe rate comment follow share retweet. share do all of the podcasty things to the pod feed if you so choose to do so we very much appreciate it and i hope you are all ready for another year of fun at camp dynasty baby because i know that i am oh man i cannot wait to uh get get a full year with these guys because we went in last year so fresh into this this whole experiment and now we we know these names and we've been with a lot of these guys for a full year and we get to really get in deep with these next class of players can't wait can't wait well thanks for stopping by camp dynasty this week and we'll see you next week